Vice Chair, we are live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the November 17th, 2021 meeting for the Utilities Rate Advisory Commission. This meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish quorum? Yes, thank you. Commissioners, if you have not yet, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Baring? Present. Commissioner Fadell is absent. Commissioner Gutowski? Here. Um, I can't turn on my video. Oh, my yeah, apologies. we can't turn our videos on. My apologies. You should have that ability now. Our apologies. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Commissioner Lee. Present. Vice Chair Vanderwerf. Present. And Chair Thomas will be absent tonight. We have a quorum. Thank you so much, um, Clerk. So this meeting is um, via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to, to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, please raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms that public comment speaking period for the desired item online. If you click on the raise hand at the bottom of your screen or if you're on the mobile app in the you can raise your hand by tapping raise your hand option in, in the more tab. If you're on the telephone, if you um, please raise your hand by dialing star nine and then unmute yourself by star six. Speakers will be called by the last four digits of their phone number if you are using or if you're calling by phone. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on and we will now proceed for, to tonight's agenda. Our first bus uh, business tonight is approval of the consent calendar. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Vice Chair, I have no members of the public with their hands raised to make comment on the consent calendar. And there are no members of the public in the call queue to make comment either. Great, thank you so much. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on the consent calendar tonight? I do not see anyone raising their hands. So with that, is there a motion and a second for this item? So moved. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Baring, is there a second? Seconding. Seconded. Perfect. Thank you, Commissioner Lee. Um, with that, can the clerk please call the roll for vote? Yes, thank you. Again, commissioners, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Baring? Yes. Commissioner Fidel is absent. Commissioner Gutowski. Uh, Commissioner Gutowski. Oh, sorry. Um, I couldn't get off the Oh, yes, this is your vote on the consent calendar. Yes. Thank you very much. Commissioner Lee? 
Yes. Vice Chair Vanderwerf? Yes. And Chair Thomas is absent tonight. Motion passes. Great, again, thank you. At this time, um, I will open the public hearing. Um, is there, oh, sorry. Um, we're gonna go on to item number three, the public hearing on proposed rate adjustments for recycling and solid waste. Um, is there a staff presentation for this public hearing? There is. Uh, right. This is John here. And um, do you want me to launch into it? <laughs> yeah, if, if there is a presentation, sure. um, if you could go ahead and, and present that to us, we'd greatly appreciate it. Happy to do the presentation first. And um, then um, it has a lot of detail that you've seen in the previous two presentations. And I want to do the full one because tonight is the public hearing. And I've actually added some things based on the last two meetings. I'll start by sharing screen. Uh, I am again going to do it in PDF uh, instead of PowerPoint since it's a little stabler. Um, can everyone see that and hear me well enough? Yes. Good enough. Okay. So uh, again, my name is John Febo. I'm the general manager of the city's recycling and solid waste division. Uh, we're here again for the third time for the public hearing on the proposed rate adjustment. Uh, most of what we're uh, doing in the rate adjustment involves uh, balancing our enterprise fund for the long run, reestablishing our reserves, and paying for a new program, uh, food waste recycling, which I'll go into uh, great detail about tonight. Um, so this shows our projected fund balance. The first slide we wanted to present because it shows that in the coming fiscal year, we are going to fall below our 90-day reserve, which is our critical reserve that we keep in the event of something like a natural disaster or something that uh, would require either extended service or prolonged service uh, without, without revenue or uh, something that, uh, uh, not unlike a pandemic, that would cause uh, you know, a change in our operation to give us a comfort in the reserve. It also shows on the left there, uh, without a rate adjustment, that we would be insolvent by 2025. And, um, shows that we would need general fund support if we don't get a rate adjustment in the next, uh, in this cycle, along with the, um, the balancing of our 90-day reserve. With the rate adjustment on the right, you see our five-year fund balance projected that we get back up to our 90-day reserve and we stay above it in the uh, coming fiscal years, or at least above, we stay solvent and then get above 90 days in year 2024. So it's a gradual progression back up. So uh, some of the challenges facing the recycling solid waste division and part why we're here for the rate adjustment are new yard waste organics processing requirements and increased costs. I'll get into that in detail. Um, that is a new state mandated program. Potential increases in recyclable processing costs that's gone up uh, over time and continues to be uh, sort of a stress factor for our division and our ability to maintain the recycling program. Maintaining appropriate staffing and equipment levels across the board. Uh, there is a labor shortage, um, but we are uh, proceeding. We're, we're in leaf season right now and keeping up, even though we're short a couple crews. Uh, COVID-19 impacts, we've talked about those. I'll go into them again a little tonight. Some of the increases we've experienced with garbage and recycling and uh, legal dumping uh, due to the stay-at-home order. So we'll start with the Green Waste Organics Mandate, which is the largest of the three. Senate Bill 1383 
passed in 2016 and starting to go into effect now is an unfunded state mandate requiring diversion of all organic materials. Households can no longer dispose of organic food waste as garbage, and the cities have to divert organic food and uh, organics and green waste from landfill. City bears the entire cost of the implementation, and our intention, uh, if we get this rate adjustment, is to implement the program in July of 2022, uh, this coming July. So uh, shows a little bit of, uh, this table shows a little bit of our processing cost increase as a result of adding food waste and going from our previous method of land application to uh, full composting. On the left, you'll see the $42.44 is our old rate for processing, which jumped to $70 in, uh, a, a ton in 21 when we uh, implemented our first agreement where we started bringing some green waste to YOLO. Uh, in 21-22, you see the, 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 the five different agreements that we have where it's spreading material over three different facilities. We have uh, two of the, the three have costs uh, for green waste that are less. Those are the 77 and the 72 on the left. Uh, the other um, two of the uh, facilities actually increase the cost when you add food waste. So in the long term, in the 23-24, uh, as you see when we get out, we get up in the $73 to $104 per ton range. I think um, the important thing to note about that sticker shock, uh, shock is on the top. We, uh, the city, participated in a regional request for proposals for organic material services with the County of Sacramento and the City of Fulton in an effort to reduce costs, combine uh, our volume, and get the private sector to uh, give us the best price. We received eight proposals. And these were the best proposals. So this is a competitively bid process. It, it, it wasn't just a, a negotiated agreement. This was them sharpening their pencils and giving us the best price for the services that uh, were required to implement to meet the state mandate. So a little idea how that affects our bottom line. We expect our organics tonnage to increase from 70,000 tons uh, in the past fiscal year to as much as 85,000 tons. Uh, roughly four to five years out when we go in full implementation of food waste. Those processing expenses, when you uh, multiply those that tonnage by that $42, and then you multiply it by the 73 to 104 range, go up as you see in the table, and that's in millions of dollars. So summary is we go from $3.3 million in 2021 to upwards of $9 million in 25-26. That's a approximately $6 million increase on roughly a $6 million enterprise fund, or $60 million enterprise fund. Right there, you have a 10% increase in costs in our bottom line just to process the material. That's without buying any vehicles, promoting the program, buying containers, and all the other rollout, which is all reflected in the rate adjustment model that I'll present uh, later in this presentation. Here are some of the COVID-19 impacts we've presented in the past. Uh, due to the stay-at-home order in 2020, we had an almost 11% increase in our garbage tonnage, almost 16% in household junk. Uh, curbside recycling was up, as were dump coupons, illegal dumping. Uh, all this further deteriorates our bottom line because we don't get any more money monthly from uh, residents. We just got additional garbage because everybody was home in 2020. Uh, we expect similar numbers in 2021 as well, uh, a, a big increase that affects our bottom line 
and um, is part of what we're trying to balance uh, tonight, the rate adjustment. We were asked by the council before coming back to, uh, to uh, go through and, and uh, add as much efficiency as we can to our operation to reduce cost. One of the major things we did was to complete an operational analysis that resulted in a reroute from a four day, 10 hour work week, five day, eight hours in February, 2021. Uh, some of you uh, who live in the city may have experienced day changes on your garbage. That was part of that. Uh, we've completed the yard waste organics agreements with three different vendors. Um, we used to go to one vendor and now we go to three strategically placed throughout the city. So while the processing fee costs are significantly higher, there are less vehicle miles traveled. So we're reducing VMPs, reducing traffic a little bit, and actually a little more efficient coming off route to the facility. We're completing construction of our compressed natural gas CNG station uh, probably in January, so two months ago on that. It's under construction right now. It's going to reduce our dependency on non-city stations, eliminate fuel, fuel sur surcharges, reduce wait times, and increase our productivity because we have an actual CNG cooling station where our trucks go at the end of the day and where they start their day. The facility actually includes underground infrastructure in place for future electric vehicle charging as well. We designed it for the future to have that, uh, even though that's a few uh, years away. We've converted so far uh, over the last few years, 85% of our fleet to CNG, and we actually are ordering, we will be ordering an electric side loader for testing and evaluation over the next couple of years. Our new collection vehicles are equipped with onboard scales, so they reduce overweight vehicles. They further reduce the vehicle miles traveled because we're on route right till the very end when the truck gets close to its actual, uh, we will wait and then we go to our facility. We've implemented updated GPS monitoring software, which increases our safety and compliance uh, with DOT regulations. We could actually see a truck's route throughout the day, see how fast it went, uh, see how much it idled, all those We've developed and added a commercial waste compliance office to replace the regional solid waste authority. Uh, that was something that happened in July of this year and our new commercial compliance office is up and running, managing the commercial waste stream or the commercial haulers that service uh, businesses and multifamily throughout the region. Additional funding from that is allocated for enhanced services such as ongoing illegal dumping on our community. They used to be partially funded by the solid waste authority and when the city took that over. We uh, also pushed over uh, that illegal dumping uh, work that we're doing now. So some of the enhanced services in terms of processing organics into compost, um, it's significantly, it, it is significant progress towards the city's climate action goals and reduces our GHG emissions. I have some uh, specific numbers that we've just developed in the last few days for this presentation. Food waste, food waste recycling. City uh, residents will be able to recycle their food waste uh, into the current green waste container beginning in July 2022. Uh, another enhanced service, the tenant household junk pickup. We continue to offer two household junk pickup appointments per year, um, and we're now allowing tenants or anyone associated with the property, not just the owners, to make the, uh, the service appointments, which, which we think also helps with illegal dumping because Anyone associated with the property can call in, make an appointment, and get the, uh, the neighborhood cleanup service. Uh, maintenance of four-week street sweeping, we're implementing that this, 
this spring. Um, we used to do six weeks, and this will be the first year we embark on a four-week three-week cycle, which uh, it was one of the things uh, we uh, heard from our surveys and requests from uh, the public that they wanted more more frequent three-week. Uh, we have the curbside oil and filter recycling service still by appointment. Um, this another enhanced benefit or uh, of this is balancing the, the solid waste fund relative to the increases from the pandemic. So that's part of the recovery after we, if we do adjust the rates is that we're, we're, we're making up for those increases that we had in the last uh, almost two years uh, from the stay at home order. Uh, Long-term replenishment of our reserve fund to a minimum of 90 days. Uh, so that's our safety net and critical uh, for any circumstances, somewhat pandemic or a natural disaster like a flood that would compromise our ability to perform essential services or make us have to collect a lot more garbage or uh, you know address something like that. Senate Bill 1383 implementation to support the implementation. We are offering a free kitchen countertop food waste recycling container. Uh, we're going to make that available next year in the spring. Customers will be able to sign up online and uh, will be able to go to a nearby community center. You can see a little map, the community centers that are going to participate in the program. You'll be able to drive there, pick up your free kitchen countertop container. It'll include your first uh, box of compostable bags and some brochure and information about the program. Greenhouse gas reductions from the new program. This has been a question we've had, so we've done uh, some uh, calculations from our baseline method of land application and used the 70,000 tons of green waste plus the 15,000 tons of food waste uh, prior to uh, the program being landfilled. And on the right, you see the net reductions in metric tons of 21,000 and 4, So we actually have a net of almost 30,000 going from the food being in the landfill and generating greenhouse gases to composting and actually being a net reduction. So this is greenhouse gas data that we were asked to provide to a, a number of the Environmental Commission asked, and a lot of people are interested in this because uh, it does uh, make significant contributions to the city's climate action plan and goals. This is a uh, real details that were in the Prop 218 notice. It's a very busy table. I won't get into all of it. Happy to answer questions about any part of it. It shows each of our garbage containers, the current monthly rate and the increases uh, in 2022, 23, and 24. It shows the increases in recycling, yard waste, and on the bottom, our food waste only rate. A summary table a little later that we can focus on that, that, that boils it down a little bit more. <clears throat> Um, this is our residential street sweeping proposed rates that uh, apply to single family duplexes uh, and three to four unit. Uh, and then our commercial multifamily residential street sweeping is also part of this program. It's a very nominal increase, but uh, it needs to be on the 218 notice because it's part of the package. Uh, just the regional rate comparison of our solid rates, uh, solid waste rates is a little bit lower because it, it takes out street sweeping for an apples to apples comparison and uses our 64 gallon, our, our standard service, uh, and compares it to some of the other cities that are lower than us. Uh, Sac County is actually um, going forward with a rate adjustment. Uh, that rate's going to go up uh, from 33 to 38 and then have $2 increments 
uh, increases. So SAC counties will, will start to catch up a little bit. It's on the left, actually less than us. And on the right, more than us, you could see some of the other cities like Davis and Santa Rosa and Napa, and then how high it is when you go down to the East Bay. And um, comparatively, that's where we sit somewhere in the middle. So this is the uh, more simple table that um, I like to focus on for the purpose of the public hearing because it shows our 64 gallon container, which is what most people have. You can pay a little more and get a 90 or a little less and get a 38. Uh, the garbage and uh, I'm sorry, the recycling and yard waste containers, we offer different sizes for recycling and um, it's the same rate. So that's so this is garbage is the only one with variable can rate. Increases we're proposing are three dollars and eighty-three cents, three times as you can see uh, in the, in the uh, top table there, totaling eleven dollars and forty-nine cents over the three increases. The increase dates are April first. You can see the rate effective dates on the left. April first, twenty twenty-two is the first three dollar and eighty-three cent adjustment. January first, twenty twenty-three is the second, and January first, twenty twenty-four is the third. Our proposed uh, rate, and again, the, the, the street sweeping, that dollar forty is in the middle. The proposed rate of forty-two fifty-nine includes the street sweeping, uh, and and goes up forty-six forty-two fifty twenty-five, and ultimately fifty-four oh eight. On the bottom is our food waste only. It is a new rate for our green waste exempt customers. We have about twelve thousand customers that are currently exempt from green waste. They will no longer be exempt under thirteen eighty-three. We'll be delivering them a smaller 38-gallon recycling container for food waste and for incidental organics. And their rate, which is zero now because they don't have a can, will start at $10 and go to $11.73 and $13.43 over the, um, over the three uh, adjustments that we're proposing. So uh, this is a percentage rate adjustment, as you can see, 8.99, 8.257.62, 8 total of 26.98% increase. Um, as I mentioned, the processing fees alone uh, are a 10% increase to our enterprise fund. That's before we buy the trucks, before we buy the containers, before we roll out the rest of the program and all the other factors I discussed which end up getting it into the 26% range for the increase. Uh, that um, table on the bottom shows uh, the same percentage increase is highlighted and shows the number of days on our reserve getting up over 90, which is our goal to have that uh, safety net. Uh, a little bit about our Sacramento Utility Rate Assistance, our SURE program, approximately um, 8,500 participants as of September of this year. It currently has a $3.7 million annual budget. Participants receive discounts for water and city service, water, wastewater, recycling, solid waste, city services, basically. Data is uh, exchanged quarterly with SMUD to identify the eligible residents and customers have to renew the, uh, to stay in the program. So some of our customer outreach, um, it's not intended for you to be able to read the, the brochure on the left. That's there to just kind of demonstrate uh, what we're doing. But we've conducted uh, customer outreach September through uh, November, and customers were provided rate adjustments and service information using a variety of means. The mailer, the Prop 218 mailer, went to nearly 140,000 accounts, printed in online instructions uh, for all those languages, English, 
Spanish, Chinese, Russian, and Vietnamese, an informational flyer provided to customers with Spanish translation and posted to the website. Um, this was a question at the last um, uh, URAC meeting, so we followed up and got a little more information about what's available. And uh, we have a subcontract uh, with Language World, who also has a subcontract with 311 and provides interpretive services. So someone calls with any language, we can get someone on the phone from 311 that can speak that language and answer their question. So um, the city web page is updated and, and, and it's, it's dedicated website. Uh, it contains the translation functions for any information. And as I mentioned, the 311 contracts with language worlds to provide the interpretive services. Social media posts on the rate adjustment and hearing are on our Twitter, our Facebook, and our Instagram accounts. We're doing as much outreach as we can in all the various ways to do it. Um, again, this is our dedicated webpage right there for the City of Sacramento Organics Program. Community meetings. We've had, um, we offered community meetings to all the neighborhood associations, more than 90 of them, uh, and more than 25 attended. It's actually close to 30. Uh, and again, uh, we note again here the information is accessible in a native language through our interpretive service. Here are the list of the um, 26 meetings scheduled. I think we have another, we just added another one. So this is a, a list of all the neighborhood associations and the dates when we presented to them. Uh, we generally have a supportive, uh, um, you know, group from the neighborhood associations relative to the program itself, uh, less, um, um, issues with the rate adjustment in the neighborhood associations, but uh, we do have the protest number two here. Um, this is our tabulation. Total notices mailed. This is actually as of today, 139,523. Um, we had 195 written protests. The reasons are there. Uh, we try to categorize them into general protests or cost too high or fixed income things like that. Um, and we had some invalidated protests because the names were missing or the parcel number and that's 16 of them. So anyway, that's it, so 195 plus the 16. Um, so the impacts if the rate is not approved, our solid waste fund will fall below its 90 day reserve in, the, in this fiscal year and will become insolvent by 2025, 26. City may face regulatory penalties for regulatory penalties for failing to comply with Senate Bill 1383. Um, we want to stay out of uh, any regulatory jeopardy and and implement the rate adjustments so we can implement the program. Um, refuse vehicles won't be replaced on schedule, and the maintenance costs will start to increase. More service day interruptions for customers. Overtime actually increases because we can't hire people and we still have to collect the garbage. Future rate adjustments will need to be larger to recover from the deficit and establish a prudent operating reserve. That's one of the, the things we note, which is if we don't approve this, the next time we come back, it'll be even more because we continue to run into arrears. So here's our tentative schedule. Uh, you've seen all the, the check marks includes tonight, the November 17th public hearing. In January, February timeframe, we think late January we'll be presenting to city council. If approved, the first implementation uh, is April 1st, 2022 of the first $3.83 
great adjustment. That's it. That's the um, questions. I can pull back any slides anyone wants to focus on or just stop, I'll stop sharing at the moment so we can have a conversation, answer any questions from board members, I'm sorry, commissioners, um, and yeah. uh, anything else. Thank, thank you so much. Um, I know I have questions. I'm sure other commissioners have questions. So um, we'll go ahead and um, if any commissioner has any questions, give me a second, there we go. If you want to raise your hand, then I will, we will call on you. Um, I might go just first, I'll ask a couple of questions. I won't ask all of them because I have kind of a list. Um, my first one was, as I know it had been mentioned in other times, but I was really curious about um, how come there wasn't a, any invite sent out to the commissioners for those meetings. I think it would have been really useful for some of us to get to hear the public's comments. That's the first one. And then my, my big kind of section of questions has to do with public outreach and getting those bins out to low-income communities and people who might not have uh, mobility issues or access to community centers due to the timing of them. So I was just curious what um, what's being done on those specific two things. Uh, sure. So um, apologies for not inviting you to uh, all the uh, community meetings. Um, I, I said the presentation was similar. Um, it was actually shorter. It didn't have all, it had the rate stuff, but not as much detail, um, um, so apologies for that. And what was the other question was about, oh yeah, the low uh, income, so we have- and, and mobility access. Sure, sure. Like people who might not be able to make it because of the time, or right, might not right. be able to make it due to mobility issues. Yeah, I think I think what we're gonna have to do is have the, the you know, what I'm presenting here is the overall uh, program and the way it would work for, um, you know, the rollout and for uh, the first few months. We don't plan on doing the community center thing forever, and, and we do plan on offering the, um, the food waste containers um, in, indefinitely. We're going to have to figure out a way, we haven't yet, to distribute them either by mail, and our, our uh, drivers do deliver containers. We, we deliver, um, you know, if someone swaps out a 90 for a 60. So we have capacity within our our uh, team to, to do deliveries. And we just don't want to, in the initial uh, rollout, to do, uh, do that with uh, the, the food waste containers because it's, it's 125,000 people that can ask for the delivery. And we don't want to give to everybody because uh, some communities that have done that found that kind of wasteful. A lot of people were like, why are you giving me you know this? We, we'll do it a different way. And we're going to make it by uh, by request but we will we will come up with something that allows us to get it to uh, our disability exempt customers our uh, you know people that that can't get to the uh, to the, um, uh, the community centers in the time period a lot of those will get escalated I'm sure they'll email if they say they have a problem it'll either come through 311 or somehow it'll get to us and, and our department and we'll make arrangements to make sure we get uh, great. Thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to make sure that we were yep. we had a plan for people who would need different access to those bins. Yep, and we want the program to work, and we want everybody in it, and we want the food waste, and we want it in the green waste can. So we're going to do everything we can to get them their containers. Great. Thank you so much, um, Commissioner Lee. I saw your hand first. If you want to go next. Hi. Thank you for that presentation. It was quite clear. Um, 
I had a couple of questions about the written protest that came in. Sure. And I was wondering if you could clarify what they meant. I'm looking at my phone because I took a picture of it. So Okay. Uh, I can pull it back up if you want. Uh, uh, some of them are obvious, like they're protesting because the cost is too high. They don't want to do the organic food waste. Oops, where did I put it? Here. Yeah. What does the illegal dumping one mean? What are they complaining about there? I don't understand that one at all. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, uh, I don't... Uh, it was categorized, so I don't have the seven of them out offhand, and I didn't personally ask for each one or tabulate these. So, um, John, yeah, sure, but if I may jump yeah, in, um, thank you. I read all the protests, so if you have any questions <laughs> about the uh, content, um, yeah. the, illegal, the illegal dumping was a lot of people were kind of um, conflating us with a lot of issues with the unhoused community and how there's a lot of garbage oh. just in general on the streets, and people a lot of times ask like, why aren't you doing your job there? When that's not our, our customer so we don't have a service there so that they, that's a definitely a common thing okay so what um also there's a service decrease and what and the COVID 19 one what are uh, the service <laughs> decrease complaining about services <laughs> yeah yeah kind of like it encompassed both people complaining that we should decrease our services rather than raising rates not add this new service of organic recycling, et cetera, or not just in general maintain. Um, and then also people who thought our services had decreased. And so they don't think that we should raise our rates. Um, and then the COVID-19, that was actually one same, same group, but it was that they don't believe that um, COVID-19 should be used to justify at all a rate adjustment, which it was very briefly brought up by John how we had had um, an impact on our, our reserve fund through all the additional disposal issues, et cetera, um, that there were complaints about that. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Any, any other questions, Commissioner Lee? No, I'm good. Thank you. Commissioner Baring, um, I saw your hand up. All right. Um, thank you for the presentation. I, I also will echo that it was it was very helpful to kind of see how it was all laid out and uh, have some of this information reiterated. Um, I guess my my first question while we've got the uh, the protest list up is on the fixed income one. Um, is there any follow up that we're doing with the people that filed those protests or the protests generally about you know the cost being too high about um, you know, confirming whether or not they're eligible or letting them know that they might be eligible for the SURA program? Yeah, I would, uh, Jessica, uh, follow up, but um, that's typically um, in our FAQs and what we respond to. We steer them towards the, the, the SURA program, Utility Rate Assistance Program. Good. Um, and I guess the other question, and, and this is kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it as a comment before I get into the question itself, but is thinking back on the last rate increase we did. And I remember kind of thinking through it at that time, you know, is this, you know, are we going to need to do another major increase in the near future? And are, were there things that we weren't accounting for at that time that we could have accounted for that may have given us the ability to kind of adjust the rate, right size the rate increase at that time? Um, and obviously, SB 1383, you know, we couldn't really account for that at that time. And, you know, that that's a cost that, you know, we, as, as you mentioned, 
you know, we don't really have a lot of discretion as to whether to, to bear that cost. That's a, a legal compliance cost that we just have to, to, to accept, I think. So I think overall, my sense is that the rate increases are reasonable, even though it is a significant increase in the overall um, rate. So I guess the question is, and, I, and I, I know this is kind of an unfair question that may be overly broad, but are there things that we're not thinking of? Are there major contracts that still have to be negotiated or that we know are going to be negotiated? Are there, have we accounted for, you know, the national sword policy, you know, and the recycling rate continuing, you know, and not being able to really receive revenue uh, through the recycling fund? You know, are there things out there that we haven't accounted for that may be major changes? Yeah, that's a great question. And we do have to do a lot of forecasting and our recyclables are somewhat tied to our markets that um, make it difficult to, um, it's part of, it, it, it's in partly built into the reserve is that we, if we have it at the right level, we can absorb those minor fluctuations in things like um, the sword policy. Recycling, recyclables are actually at a that are fairly uh, have come out of that market, but um, issues that we had in 2018-19. Um, so that is actually improving somewhat. Um, the food waste processing, big one that went up, but I can honestly say, and um, you know, prior to being general manager, I was planning superintendent and actually doing the, the this implementation, um, and we have processing agreements to process the material. We're out in front on purchasing the containers. We have a procurement out for the kitchen countertop containers as well as the new green waste exempt containers. Um, there isn't any, I don't see any other contracts or major agreements that we need to implement. We had less information when we were uh, went to council in 2019 and we were asking for something similar in the $15 range actually was we ended up with five and now we're here for 11 so it's 16 because it goes up a little the county did something similar in 2019 they asked for 15 dollars. they got 10 over two increases and now they're going back for two dollars four times so 18 dollar increase total whereas ours is 16 their rates are a little lower across the board all the jurisdictions uh are going to be looking at rate adjustments Wolfram milk grove rancho all across california to address this program so We've done our best to try to uh, anticipate uh, everything, and I think we've got most of it. I hope we do, but there might be some minor glitches, but the major, we're ahead of most municipalities in California having processing agreements. Most agreements, most municipalities don't have the processing agreements in place that we do that actually convert to a processing fee that includes the food. We're, we're ready to go, and we can do it. Once we um, once we get the rate adjustment, we buy the trucks. We finish the the things that we need to uh, to educate and roll out the program in the spring. Thank you. Um, well, as I mentioned, I, I support uh, the RAC's recommendation to to City Council on this one. Thank you. Um, seeing that there's no other commissioners with questions, I have a couple more questions. I just didn't want to as the vice chair ask all my questions up front, I want to give space for everyone else. Um, you were talking a lot about with the kind of with COVID, but also with like the change of work from home. Um, I'm curious how that calculation is going to be done and made sure it's kind of continued into the future since a lot of these changes seem to be possibly more permanent than I think people were originally planning. Um, so that was my first question. My second one is, what are you guys doing for to 
help manage planning for emergency funding for the future. Sure. So a couple uh, a couple things. First, on, on the COVID, you know, we track uh, everything that we bring to the North Area Recovery Station in the North for both garbage, green waste, and uh, garbage and green waste, and then for recycling to the uh, Sacramento Recycling and Transfer Station on Fruit Ridge Road, and all our garbage goes there, and as well, our some of our yard waste goes to Yolo, and some goes to Republic services down on Elder Creek Road. We have material going in every different direction, but we have it all under contract and we quantify it and we report to the state annually under what's called a disposal-based accounting system. And that actually establishes our recycling or diversion rate, which needs to stay above 50%. And we're in the 53, 54 range every year, pretty much. We've yet to be low 50 since year 2000 when we We've been in compliance on that the entire time. That same system that generates our compliance is what we can look at and look at year-to-year -year annual cost. And we noticed all those significant increases in the calendar year 2020 because the recycling diversion rate and your state regulation is not done by fiscal year. It's done by calendar year. So that's why those numbers, what the COVID-19 increases are by calendar year, they're accurate. And they may, they may go up over time. Um, you know, they may, may stay up if, uh, as you're noting, but maybe not as high, um, either way that is, uh, that is sort of built into, uh, the assumptions here. Um, we, we, we escalate garbage and recycling and, and yard waste, uh, over time. Um, we're hoping it comes back down a little bit more, goes back to commercial. I expect, um, to normalize. Uh, in the next year, but it may be at a different, like a sort of a new norm. So um, either way, the rate adjustment and the, and the, the reserve helps, helps buffer that. So that's one issue. The second thing you mentioned, planning for emergencies. Um, you know, we have a disaster debris management plan approved by, um, by FEMA, which allows the city to get funding in the event of a natural disaster. We have a, uh, an approved plan that allows us to roll out temporary disposal sites, allows us uh, to uh, track and monitor uh, everything so that we can get uh, reimbursement in a in a disaster. It would be, have to be a state declaration or a federal declaration of a natural disaster. And then, you, then, then the plan comes into effect and your ability to get reimbursed comes into effect. We also have an on-call contract uh, with Petrotech. We have a, a whole uh, natural disaster, a whole response uh, wing that we have a, an on-call agreement to, to bring them on board uh, in the event there is a flood or a natural disaster, we can have them immediately uh, asked to uh, help us estimate the recovery and uh, and what we need to do to get up and running to uh, clear rights of way, do all the, that's the first thing you do, you clear the right of way and to get the emergency vehicles through and uh, I, that might be what you're looking for. I hope if not, I can answer additional questions about that. Oh, that explained what I was looking for. I just had those questions. Um, and then a question, I know that, I know I received a copy of that in the mail, um, um, the flyer you sent out. Is there any way when those get sent out for us just to make sure we get like maybe an emailed copy so that we have maybe a digital or more easy way to access it? Because um, I would love to be able to like, I know they said links and stuff, but I know I'm more likely to go through the links on a digital one because um, I'd like to look at what the other languages look like as well. 
Sure. So yeah, do you want us to follow up, email you the notice? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, we can give but you some of the for the sure. future, maybe sending that to the URAC commission sure. with it sent out to the public so that we have it. So that way we have a better understanding of what sure. the public is yeah, we, we can follow up with um, electronic resources and some links and some of the uh, multilingual stuff that we, we've done. And uh, and it's, uh, it's pretty impressive, I think. And uh, hopefully you'll find it as well. We'll send it to you. Great. Thank you. Um, any other commissioners who wish to speak? Seeing none, um, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Vice Chair, at this time, I do not have any members of the public in the Zoom with their hands raised, but we do have four members of the public in the uh, phone queue. Actually, we did just have a member of the, the Zoom raise their hands so we're going to take those public comments first looks like the hands are raising now so the first speaker i have a and please forgive any mispronunciation a Roz faros hey Roz faros if you want to speak you have two minutes that's correct thank you so much i was just wondering if the city of sacramento recycling department is going to take advantage of the State Department's SB 1383 funding opportunity that's coming out relatively soon, at least as starter costs to assist implementation? Yes, we, uh, we, we have a staff person who uh, we're looking at the grant with our sustainability group and sort of gauging our, um, uh, what we might apply for and, and where. So yes, we're looking, we, we're very aware of those. Great, thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Oscar C. Hi, Oscar C. You have two minutes. Hi, yes. Um, I have a question. Um, so what kind of follow-up will the commissioning or I guess, I don't know who, but will be providing in the future to ensure that the goals of this program are being met? Sure. So we, we do an annual um, report to the state. Um, and we actually do that in, uh, we already do that in, a, in, a, in, in what's called an annual report of all of our numbers. It would include the green, we're going to track what green waste is 70,000 tons and how much that number goes up and, and we can derive how much food waste are actually recycling. Additionally, we have a compliance meeting in April uh, or a compliance deadline in April where we have to report to the state our progress. There's a whole other element to this bill that include ordinances that we've had to bring to council, uh, purchasing requirements, um, uh, green building requirements that our building development um, department is working on. Uh, most of it lands on recycling and solid waste because waste recycling is the big uh, portion of this, but Senate Bill 1383 is actually a climate change bill. It's not a waste management bill. It's a climate change bill, so the effects uh, reach into some of the other departments who are coordinating with them and will be uh, our report to the state on our compliance in April. Okay, thank you. 
Vice Chair, we have no other members of the public in the Zoom with their hands raised, so at this point, I will move to the public uh, comment queue line. Perfect, thank you. Hello, callers in the room. Okay, I'm transferring you into the meeting now. Hello, caller, can you hear us? Hello. Hi, thank you for calling. You have two minutes to address the commission. Hello. Hi, you have two minutes to address the commission. I, I can't hear you. Hello. Hello, caller, you have two minutes to address the commission. Is there anyone there? Hi, caller, can you hear us? I can barely hear you, so I'll just speak, just in case you yeah, hear go me. For it. I'd like to make it known that I am protesting the uh, pro uh, proposed rate increases for the uh, recycling, the garbage, the yard waste, and for the following reasons. I've lived in, in this neighborhood. My name is Alma Watson, and I'm in District 2. And I've lived in this area for approximately 36 years, and I've experienced several rate increases. And with those increases, the services have deteriorated and decreased over the years. I do not need... Uh, some of the services that I that you guys provide. Right now, I use the smallest garbage can, the 32 gallons, and most of the time, I don't even have enough of anything to go into it. I've been told by the uh, personnel in the city that no matter how much, or no matter how much or how little that I have to put in the can, just sit them out there any, anyway. I think that's a waste. And uh, most of the times I don't even send them out there if I don't hardly have anything. And um, and I don't really even need it because primarily what went into it was the food waste. And you guys, and next year you're going to start putting that food waste with the yard waste. So that I should be able to eliminate having a garbage can. Um, also... What I think should be done, because I don't think that we should be burdened with with providing the cost for all of these things that need to be done in the city. So I suggest, rather than burden, uh, putting the burden on us, that you guys execute whatever Plan B would have been as though the majority of the property owners protested these increases. So whatever money, wherever you would get the money, if we, if the most of us rejected these increases, I think that you should go ahead and use those money rather than continually burden, burden, putting the burden on us for deteriorated service and a decrease in service. And that's about all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
our next caller. So do I need to hang up now? You you can um you can hang up now. You you're right, you're done with your comment. Thank you so much. Oh, I have another question. I'd like to know how do we know? Did we lose the caller? Caller, you have two minutes to address the commission. Hello, caller. Can you hear us? Caller, can you hear us? Hello. Hi. Oh, you have two minutes to Hi. address I the barely commission. sound really far away. Sorry. If you want to go ahead and address us, you have two minutes. Go ahead, caller. You have two minutes to address the commission. Hello. Caller, you have two minutes to address the commission. It seems like they can only hear you, Ray. I can barely if hear you. If you can I hear me, hear. hi. Yeah, hi. You do have two minutes. If you want to go ahead and just start whenever you're ready, that would be really great. I don't know. Something's wrong with you guys phone line. I can't hear. Yeah, if you we can hear you. If you can go hear me ahead when she transferred me over the phone, the ringer ring had rang really loud, but I can barely hear you. It's not like you're like actually downtown and we're talking through like the can with the string. Can you can you go ahead and start yours though? We can hear you perfectly. I'm I'm calling to oppose it. Go ahead and give us your reasons if you want. You have two minutes. I waited all this time on the phone and I can't hear you. I, I heard you said you oppose it. If you have reasons, feel free to go ahead and let us know. I'm trying to shout into my microphone to the best of my ability. This is ridiculous. I, I can't hear you at all. You sound really far away. Call. Vice Chair, it appears we are having technical difficulties with that caller. Uh, caller, I, 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 I still can't hear anybody. Is this a way to use up the two minutes? Yes, you have two minutes to address the commission. Hello. You have two minutes. If you could just go ahead and start talking whenever you want, we can hear you. 
Okay. I, I think you said I could start talking. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Oh, you're real. You're real far away. Well, anyway, uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Ursula Dana. I currently reside um, at the Riviera Townhomes here on Mac Road. It's a fourplex condo, and I'm opposing the rate increase. Uh, one, I'm currently on a fixed income, and I can't really afford any an increase from this entity, city, county, or state at this time. Um, and then I'm also vegetarian, so I don't necessarily have any food waste because I grow my own food. Uh, the other point I would like to make is that um, the, the community that I live in, I pay for monthly dues and that those dues cover a gardener. And the gardener takes all of the yard waste with them when they leave. So I currently don't have a yard waste container. And to get a yard waste container wouldn't even make any sense considering that I don't have any food waste and the gardener takes all of the yard waste with him when they leave. The other thing is, um, I think on the back or something, I mentioned something about a street sweeper. We have a private road, so we take care of the street already ourselves. So to pay any fees for the street sweeper would also not make any sense. And in addition to that, to pertaining to the garbage and the recycling proposed increase, I'm already overpaying now because I already, the garbage can that I use is already, um, it takes two to three weeks to even possibly fill it. So it only gets set out maybe once, twice at the max a month. And then the blue container has only been set out four times. And I've been living here at this place that I've purchased for uh, 18 months. And I've only set the blue container out four times because I already recycle. So and then my two questions are, if we're going to, you want to propose um, to get this extra can for additional money that I don't already have. Um, if I weren't already a vegetarian and doing my own gardening, therefore I have, don't have any waste. Um, what would I be using my garbage disposal for? And the other question is, before I moved here, I owned a home for 10 years and I still was being charged in the wintertime for the yard waste can, even though you guys didn't come and pick it up because the grass either didn't grow or it grew very slow. So I'm concerned as to what was that money used for? Thank you so much for your so based comments. Based on those conditions, I would Did we lose that caller again? Madam Clerk, did we are we getting a different caller? Did we lose that caller again? Uh, that caller is two minutes had ended. We now have an, a, okay. another caller joining us. Great, thank you. Hello, I can barely hear you. We're so sorry. I know I'm trying to shout into my microphone. You have two minutes if you'd like to address the commission. What do you say? Go ahead and start talking to us. Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to use my microphone to the best of my ability. You have two minutes to address the commission. Oh, you said go ahead and start talking? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, I don't like the idea of us putting food in the same containers as the yard waste. And I don't like the idea of you of them raising prices or, or what we pay for that when it's already being picked up in the same container. And it's also inconvenient. And we 
and you're forcing more taxes on the middle class and the poor, and I don't think that's fair. And um, it's causing, it will cause probably homelessness again. Hello? Hello? I can hear you. We just don't, we're just listening to your comments. Yeah, I don't understand why they need more money because they're using the same containers that we already have. And so it doesn't make sense. You have thousands and thousands of customers in residential homes. I don't understand why you want to tax more money from us when we're, you know, it's just not fair. And I just heard that you have billions in surplus, and some of that money can go to the waste management from them. So I just, you know, I don't see why, you know, you're not hiring more more dryers. You're not, um, you know, hiring more manpower. You're, you're still using the same system. It's just that we're adding food to it. So I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. And that's all I have to say. Thank you for your comment. Vice Chair, apologies for those, and, and members, apologies for those technical difficulties and for those at home. We do have another member in the Zoom, a public uh, a member of the public with their hands raised in the Zoom to make a comment. Um, Great. It's like Oscar C. Oscar C, you have two minutes to address our commission. the commission if you want to go ahead. Hello, yes. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so I too would like to um, oppose this rate increase as well. Um, I feel like essentially we're just being asked to put food scraps in the green waste bin instead of the regular garbage bin. And this will supposedly help fight climate change, but actually this is what's gonna cause rates to go up. And in return, we're getting a little composting bin that will sit on our counters as an incentive um, when essentially we're able to use the same yard waste container to put our scraps in. Um, I feel like this rate increase will be felt in every part of the working industry, especially like in the restaurant industry. And I can just see us having like an extra line item on your tab that says green waste fee. And definitely that's not something that I look forward to. So again, I just would like to oppose this rate increase as well. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Do we have it, um, Madam Clerk, do we have any other people on the phone or people with their hands raised in Zoom? Vice Chair, no, we no longer have any callers in the phone queue and no members of the public in the Zoom with their hands raised. Great, thank you. At this time, um, I will close the public hearing and ask for a motion to approve recommendation of the rate adjustment to the Mayor and City Council. So moved. Thank you, Commissioner Baring. Second it. Thank you so much, uh, Commissioner Katowski. I'm sorry, I have a hard time with your last name. Katowski. Um, can, <laughs> can you go ahead and call the roll for us, um, Madam Clerk? Yes, thank you. Commissioners, again, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Baring? Yes. Commissioner Fidel is absent. Commissioner Katowski? Yes. Commissioner Lee? Yes. Vice Chair Vanderwoof? Yes. And Chair Thomas is absent. Motion passes 4-0. Thank you so much. 
Um, now we'll proceed on to discussion calendar. This um, is item number four. This is the Department of Utilities Storm Drainage Rate Workshop. Um, is there a staff presentation for us as, on this as well? Yes, uh, Chair Vanderwerp, this is Bill Busey, Director of the Department of Utilities. We have got a presentation for you tonight. Um, I'm gonna start with a quick four uh, slide review. It's, uh, I'm gonna go over it quickly because it's things that you've seen before. We're gonna spend the bulk of the presentation on the results of our second survey uh, that we uh, performed. Um, and that's gonna take some time. And then um, I'll follow up when that is finished. We'll have our consultant uh, 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 FM3 do the, the presentation on that. And then uh, when they're finished, I will follow up with the final four slides. Um, this is informational only tonight. And of course, when we're finished, uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions and receive input. Um, so this is our fourth workshop. As I've mentioned, uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna review fees. We're going to go over the, the results. I'm gonna spend some time you know, on the next steps in the schedule. Um, next slide, Tyler. Next. So um, the proposed rate adjustment uh, will generate um, $20 million uh, in additional revenue. Uh, it will be paid for by all drainage customers, residential and non-residential, and uh, have many benefits as listed there. Uh, you know, among other benefits, these are the key benefits that uh, uh, that the um, additional revenue uh, will be used uh, to produce. Um, next. Um, we have the residential uh, class divided into three tiers, the single family residential and the multifamily each divided into three tiers. And then we have the non-residential, uh, which includes commercial, industrial and other uses um, um, each of those uh, classes uses a, uh, an impervious surface coefficient. Uh, so there's a gross square footage area that's multiplied by the impervious surface coefficient. And then that is multiplied by the um, 0 0.01975 uh, or uh, just under two cents per square foot per year. Next. And you'll remember these, um, uh, these are the proposed fees for the different um, single family and multifamily classes. Uh, you've got the high density, medium density, and low density in the single family one, two, and three. And then you've got the high density, medium density, and low density in multifamily uh, one, two, and three. Next. And then again, a table that you've seen before uh, shows the different non-residential property types with the associated um, impervious surface coefficient. Uh, just a reminder that that ISC was developed by the state and it is a standard uh, throughout the state. Um, the example below is a, a commercial building on uh, of about 53,000 
uh, square feet. That's about 1.2, uh, almost uh, an acre and a quarter. Um, you take the 53,000 square feet, times it by the 0.86, and then times it by the just a little under two cents per square foot per year, uh, generates a $900 annual fee or a $75 monthly fee. As you know, we have been waiting uh, before receiving uh, permission or making a decision to move forward with this ballot initiative <clears throat> until we got results from the our second survey that we sent out. Um, and so now we'll have FM3 um, uh, present the results of, the, uh, of, the, of that second survey. Um, and I'll turn that over to them. All right, thank you so much, Bill. Um, my name is Kurt Bailo, I'm partner and COO of FM3 Research. Uh, I presented results from our first survey a while ago to this body. I'm happy to present these results for our second survey. And just one note before we start is um, I'm Jared Boygan from Props and Measures is also on the call. Um, their firm is, an, is also coordinating a lot of the strategic communications and outreach from the consultant side of which the survey research is kind of a subset of those things. And he's on here if there's any questions around those types of communications that, that may come up. Um, so why don't we go over to the next slide, please? So just a little bit of a reminder of where we are and how we got here. We had a two-phase approach. The first phase, which was we're really exploring whether something was at all feasible, kicking the tires on three different options. Um, and we went through a, a, an increase only um, uh, went through a basically doubling up or just maintaining what we have, a couple different options there. And in that phase, there was, let's do a survey of the single family property owners, the bulk of the property owners, 80 some odd percent. And let's do a survey of them and see which of these things is feasible. Do they feel like there's a need here? Are the particular aspects of how the dollars could be spent from this that they find particularly appealing or not appealing? Um, and simultaneously, there was communications and outreach going on to some of the larger property owners to talk to them about the needs as well. And we were kind of coordinating all those different outreach efforts to see if something was viable. And if it was, is there something we could land upon that we could test in a more rigorous uh, methodology? So the first stage, we did a, what we call a dual mode survey. It's a longer survey, it was used um, telephone calls and online responses. And we ended up on this, looking at this, um, the, the increase only methodology that we approached that we're, we tested here in the second phase. And in this case, what we try to do is, maybe if you can go to the, go to the next slide here. Um, perfect, yeah. What we did in this phase here is, we're trying to mirror a little bit of like what the actual balloting process would look like, which was, all property owners, whether they're residential or not, get mailed uh, a ballot. They'd have a question explaining what it was about, specific to their property, what the exact rates were, and they would mail it back. And so what we did here is we just mailed, mailed out 8,000 of those surveys and see what we, what we got back and try to keep a very concise two-page survey. Um, it did have some uh, 
supplemental materials, which you can, which you could also include in there. And I'll, well, the next couple of slides from the second one get there, I'll, I'll show you what those look like, which provides some background. So it was basically just a few pieces of paper. We mailed it out. They could mail back those surveys. We sent them um, reminder postcards to get them to try to re respond to us. Um, the only, so I was trying to kind of mirror what this process would look like in real life. And this would be the final sort of you know, no, go, no, go type of uh, data that you may be looking for. Um, the only distinction here is that because so many of the property owners are residential, but we still wanted to be able to say something about those non-residential properties, but we essentially pull, we, we mailed out additional surveys to those um, non-residential um, uh, non property owners. We weighted the results to accommodate for the fact that we overrepresented some of those properties and how many we mailed out. The second variable that was a little bit different is that we had per perfect timing here, following the solid waste rate notice, we sent out half of these mail surveys before that notice went out and then half afterwards with the idea is that we wanted to see if there would be an impact there. Um, and we'll get into those results here momentarily to see if that had any sort of material impact um, maybe a confounding factor there was the fact that we had that big um, rainstorm going on for roughly a week at that same time uh, while that second wave was out. So it's a little hard to kind of uh, figure out the, the impact there. Anyway, it's a lot of preamble before we get to the more interesting results here. We had a, over 1,100 results returned um, and you know, roughly a 3% margin of error after we went through our, our, our modest um, weighting of the results. So with that, let's go to the next slide. Let's get to the results themselves. Oh, sorry, I get ahead of myself. Here's the, uh, what we sent out, the information guide. So this was a four pages, uh, a little pamphlet that was included with the survey. It was uh, basically described the background, what the challenges are that you're facing with the, your stormwater system. Let me go to the next slide here. Much more detailed uh, specifics about the different rates and what this, and then also sort of what the projects would be fund, what projects would be funded by this additional revenue. Now, I promise we'll get to the results now. Next slide, please. All right. So uh, on the, this slide is the language that was included in our survey. Um, it was pretty similar, if you, some of you might recall, to the first survey we conducted, but it was adjusted based upon the findings of that research and also outreach that was occurring um, through other channels. And in this ballot that we sent out, we basically listed out, this is the property we're talking about, this is the parcel number, and we inserted their specific monthly fees. So they, each property owner got one of these things over 8,000, and it says specifically what they'd be paying. If somebody owns multiple properties, they could have gotten multiple of these surveys, and we had those in a few instances. Let's go to the next slide, please. And this is what came back. So of those, a little more than 1,100 surveys that came back, we had just about two-thirds who indicated they would vote yes. Um, in the real ballot, would just be a yes, no. We added definitely yes, probably yes, and same for no, just to get a feeling for the intensity there. Um, so you've got more intensity on the yes side than the no side. 30% of the respondents said they would definitely vote yes versus 20, definitely no. Um, but in aggregate there, it's roughly a two to one ratio of yes to no voters. Um, very few people mailed anything back with something like, I don't know. Um, one is a point of comparison. It's not the exact same universe and the methodology is different. But if you recall, 
we asked about this increase only approach in our first survey of just single family residential owners, we were at 54% yes in that survey. So this is a, a higher level of support and we'll look at those single family residents um, when we look at couple of the cross tabs here. Next slide, please. So um, here is breaking out some of those results by, we have those different SFRs that Bill is going through uh, during his portion of the presentation here. And we have the total yes, no, yes and no votes for those different SFRs, multifamily residences, industrial, retail, and commercial categories. And we have the margins of error there because they were different, there's different numbers of properties in each of those categories, even though we did some essentially oversampling there. Um, you'll see that in all the residential categories and the industrial categories, a majority of those who returned our survey indicated they vote yes. Um, the retail commercial folks were split basically down the middle. Um, you'll also note that uh, as the rates went up for the single family residences, the SFR 2 was a smaller rate versus SFR 3, um, support went down. Um, so there clearly was some, some price sensitivity there. But even in that SFR 3 category, we still had 59% of those who responded um, saying they vote yes. Next slide, please. So this is where it's a little tricky. We had that wave one, wave two. We were trying to see if there was an impact from the solid waste uh, rate notice. Um, there, you know, one interpretation here is that there was no, in, no impact. The other one is we had a massive rainstorm during, that, during the time we sent that wave two out and maybe we had forces moving in different directions. So uh, we can't really draw any conclusions from that but there, because there really wasn't much of a distinction um, in the results. We also, for the single family properties, we did ask a question in the survey. Um, we didn't have a ton of questions in there um, about whether or not there was owner occupied or not. And um, there's a little more support amongst those who are property owners who live in that property versus those who are landlords renting them out. But even among them, they were still majority support. Next slide, please. All right, so for those who sent back the survey and said, yes, they definitely or probably vote yes, we asked them to indicate, well, in your own words, why? It's a very much an art trying to figure out how to categorize some of these responses. Um, there wasn't one theme that really jumped out. There was a lot of people who just kind of said, yeah, we should do it. And maybe they asked, gave it some rationales, but sometimes they didn't. Um, but it didn't appear to be like a singular driving force amongst those who indicated they vote yes. And if you look at the next slide, we, we pulled a, um, a couple of those responses here to look at just as a little bit illustrative of the types of things we got. Um, you know, it's kind of generic stuff about being a good investment for the future. There was, you know, recently there was a big flood. Um, you know, a couple of these types of comments here. we go to the next slide and it's the flip of this. So if they said yes, if they indicated they were going to vote no, tell us why. And while there wasn't a singular uh, rationale for the no folks, um, there was one that was a little bit more out there, which is just basically like taxes, fees are too high. And if you go to the next slide, you'll see a little flavor of those comments as well. So there's already enough funds, rates have been too high, income's going down, taxes fees going up. Those types of rationales for those who are feeling comfortable with it. 
And finally, next slide, please. Here, um, we. Oops, sorry. There. Yeah. Um, we did ask uh, an open-ended question at the end of the survey. What else would you like to learn about? Um, kind of a, a little bit all over the map in terms of responses. So we just kind of picked a few here to look at. Um, some of them were a little more granular about the about the budget. Um, so just a little flavor of the kind of thing. I think this is helpful for for staff when thinking about communicating this going forward of what types of questions were bubbling up to the surface from property owners. And then the last substantive slide here is we, if you recall back to that sample language there, we had a few bullet points of how the money would be spent. Um, we asked in the survey, here's what those bullet points are. Tell us how important they are to you. We knew that they would all be pretty important because we did the prior research in the first survey, but we wanted to see if there was any distinctions here. I think if you click once, you should get the little, little line. There we go. There wasn't a huge distinction. All these were seen as at least very important by seven out of 10 respondents to the survey. Three of them at the top had a little more intensity. More than half said they were extremely important. Water sources, keeping regional water clean and keeping sewage off streets. Those seem to generate a little more intensity than some of the other items you have here, although they're all seen as broadly important. I think that gets us to the end of the, the survey results, if my memory serves. Yeah. I mean, it's a good place for me to pause, Bill. Okay. Um... We can, uh, uh, Vice Chair, we can either have questions about the survey results or I can finish my four slides and then we can entertain all of the all of the questions. I think it's best if we go ahead and finish and then that okay. gives the commissioners a chance to ask about everything in case there's things that might, I'm sure your slides are a little different, but I still think it's important for us to have all the information first. Okay, that's a good idea. I'll, that's what we'll do. Go ahead. So the next step is on October. On, so first of all, we have received permission uh, from the city manager's office to move forward uh, with the ballot initiative. Um, the the next steps are that we would be doing the 218 protest mailer, similar to what uh, Recycling Solid Waste did. Um, on uh, we're hoping to start sending those out on uh, November 29th. That's a 45 day uh, period where people have the, the opportunity to send in a protest uh, vote. Um, uh, there'll be, uh, they can be written uh, and, and sent in by the mail or they can be hand delivered. Um, and as was reported by the Recycling Solid Waste you know, the, the nature of the protest mailer is, is that if more than half of the, uh, of the people uh, uh, of the ballots that were sent out are returned, uh, pro, you know, protesting or opposing the, the rate adjustment, then it will not move forward. Historically, we've had, you know, a very small, relatively small percentage of people return those. Um, as you saw on the recycling solid waste, it was it was much less than one percent. Um, the next thing that will happen for this body is is that in January we'll have a rate hearing very similar to what you just had for the for the recycling solid waste. Uh, that will be held at least forty five days after the protest mailer is sent, 
um, as you just experienced, it's an opportunity for the public to comment on the rate uh, on the rate adjustment, and then uh, a um, the opportunity for the URAC to review and to provide the recommendation uh, for the uh, for the city council. Next. Um, that will be followed by, uh, we'll go to council uh, in late January or early February to receive authorization to uh, do the, the ballot election. Uh, ballots will be mailed. If we receive that, uh, that authority, ballots will be mailed in February and uh, March. Uh, probably late February or early March. Uh, again, there's a 45 day period for the uh, property owners or customers to return those ballots. And then the ballots will be tabulated. And if there is, uh, you know, 50% plus one of the returned ballots uh, voting for that, then the, then the measure passes, um, but it still will require, uh, we'll, so go to the next slide. Go ahead. Um, I've covered most of this uh, protest mailer on November 29th. Um, prior to, uh, between that protest mailer and when we go back to the URAC, uh, this commission and to council, uh, we'll be holding six webinars um, three in December and three in January. Uh, there'll be two during the day and three in the evening. And these will be targeted at, uh, you know, neighborhood associations, um, all different, you know, community groups and just, uh, uh, you know, community advocacy groups and just the public in general to, to will be uh, apprised of these. We will make sure as you have requested to uh, let this commission know uh, about all of these webinars um, so that you can participate uh, as you know as you see fit. Um, and so then you'll have the, these three dates in January uh, for the for the webinars. Uh, as I mentioned, January 26th, that's the schedule right now for the next URAC meeting, which would be the rate hearing. Uh, we would be seeking council authorization in early February uh, to for the ballots. Uh, February uh, ballots, late February, hopefully, uh, mid to late February, the ballots would be sent out. And then uh, late March, uh, they would be the deadline for the um, ballots to be returned. Sometime in April, we'll be seeking city council to adopt the rate if it's a successful uh, ballot initiative. And then um, hopefully have the, uh, the property fee implemented by July 1st. So that's the next steps and schedule. And of course, we're open now to any questions or comments. Great. Thank you guys so much for that presentation. Do we have any commissioners that have any uh, questions? Oh, uh, Commissioner Gikowski. Sorry, I will get your last name, I promise. Gikowski, please. Okay. It's okay. It's hard to say. 
So um, can you remind me again, thank you for that presentation. It was great and that survey um, was interesting and two thirds of a response is good for a survey. Um, but I was wondering, can you remind me again what the parcel gross area definition is? Parcel gross area is just the square, the gross square footage of the parcel. Um, if it's, uh, you know, it's, it's whatever the, the, the area of the parcel is. Um, it's called gross because so it's, it's what it's you all... get it from the, from the, go ahead. Can you not hear me? I just have a delay. Oh, okay. The, I'll, I'll speak a little bit slower. The uh, gross area of a parcel is just the total square footage of the parcel. Okay. So, then, so when you say impervious surface yes, for building and pavement? Yes, that's correct. It's, and what we do to get the um, fee is take the gross square foot area, multiply it by the impervious surface coefficient for that class, okay. for that class, and then that's timed by the you know two cents per per square foot per year. Oh, great! I get it. Thank you for reminding me. You're you're welcome. Thank you so much, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner Baring, I see your hand raised. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'd agree uh, that the two-thirds margin was, uh, was was positive to see, I think, in terms of the overall prospects for, uh, you know, the Prop 218 vote. I guess it does make me a little nervous given the kind of the difference in circumstances of doing the survey versus, you know, what voters are going to be presented with. Um, I actually thought the survey information looked really helpful from what I could see. You know, there were some good pictures in there and things explaining the necessity of these rate changes. Um, you know, so I think, you know, assuming that this is not going to be voted on, you know, following, you know, some flooding events, um, you know, we may have groups like I in Sacramento getting involved. You know, are, are you guys thinking about things beyond the the engagement with the community groups to perhaps get some information out there to the public about the necessity of the rate changes? Are there any updates on the website or anything like that? Kind of using some of the the, the good work that looks like it was done on the, the survey. Yeah, good point, uh, Commissioner. We definitely will be using social media to get and of course, since this is a ballot initiative, we have to be there's a there's a, a line we can educate, but we cannot advocate, uh, you know, uh, for the, so we can't campaign, you know, for people to vote yes, but we can educate as to the need. Um, and so, yes, we will be using social media. We will definitely be having, a, there is now, and there will continue to be a lot of information on our website. Um, and then these community meetings, we also are going to be engaging or trying to uh, uh, encourage, uh, you know, certain non-city or private organizations to advocate for the, you know, for the for the rate adjustment. Um, again, we can't do that, but you know, others others can. Um, and so there's a again a careful line that we need to walk. Uh, but certainly, we will do everything that we can to educate the public. Thank you. 
Bill, if I could take this moment really quick. Sorry, this is Tyler Stratton here. Uh, we do have a standalone website dedicated for the outreach and education of, uh, of this effort, which is sacramentowaterpollutionfloodprevention.com. Uh, we can be sure to get that out to folks, uh, you know, to the commissioners here, but wanted to kind of plug that for, uh, for our outreach efforts there while we got this opportunity. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for that, Tyler. And just for the commission's uh, information, we did have a presentation at council last night where we presented um, information about the storm drainage system and some of our challenges, and then very briefly presented the, um, the survey results and then the you know schedule moving forward. And uh, I think that we have good council support uh, for this uh, rate adjustment uh, also. Thank you so much. Um, Commissioner Ali, I see your hand is up. Thank you. Uh, I just want to repeat myself probably for the third time. If you could please mention that it hasn't been, the rate hasn't been raised since 1996. Also, sorry for the background noise. I mean, I think that's really important for people to know. That's 25 years. At a minimum, you got to increase for inflation, you know. So anyway, I'll stop now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And I, I appreciate the, again, we appreciate that input. And we did, you know, the, the that message was included in the information pamphlet that we sent out with the survey. And, you know, will be included in the 218 notification and also in the ballot, that uh, informational, you know, that, yeah, this, that was sent out with the uh, survey is something that will be also sent out um, with the Prop 218 protest mailer and also with the ballot, uh, with the ballots when we sent out so that the, the uh, um, um, public will have all this background information and you see right there that it clearly says that uh, we haven't had a storm rate increase since 1996. So appreciate Thank you. I just wanted to, I wanted to double check because it, the writing on that was so small and I can't see small things anymore. <laughs> well, so, so maybe, and maybe we can uh, take your advice and make it a little bit a bolder and a, maybe a little <laughs> bigger font. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioner. Honestly, I really appreciate the input. We, you know, our, uh, what we found really resonating with people are, you know, are some of these other topics, but this is something that as, from, from my perspective, I, I agree with you. It's a no brainer that we need to make sure that people understand that. Thank you so much, Commissioner Lee. I also very much agree with that. And I can read smaller print and I still didn't notice it. So I think maybe making it a bigger, area or something just like to bold it and like kind of make it known um i think would help because it's there's a lot of information on there and i think people can get overwhelmed um i know i do when someone gives me a packet and like has a bunch of information i have to read on it um i also wanted to thank you guys for including us um in getting that information for those meetings i think it's really important as commissioners that we get to hear what the public is saying even in those meetings because i know not everyone can make our meetings um with that i don't see any other commissioners with their hands raised um, clerk, it, Madam Clerk, is there anyone who is a um, member of the public who would like to speak? 
Vice Chair, I have no members of the Zoom with their hands raised to make comment. And there is no one in the phone queue to make public comment. Great. So with that, this item is a receive and file. So there is no vote required tonight. Um, and that um, then um, any commissioner comments, questions, or anything any of the commissioners would like to speak about besides what we've spoke about tonight. Items not on the agenda. Seeing none, um, Madam Clerk, is there any public comment not on the agenda? Items not on the items on the agenda. Thank you. We have no members of the public with their hands raised in the Zoom, and there are no right. members of the public in the phone queue. Great. Thank you so much. So with that, this concludes the agenda for the evening. Um, this is November seventeenth, twenty twenty-one. Utility Rates Advisory. Commission regular meeting is now adjourned. Thank you, everyone. I hope everyone has a safe night. Thanks, everyone.